0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Our next guest in the studio is one of the all-time greats of test cricket. I mean, look at the statistics. 98 test matches, 405 wickets, an incredible average of 20.99. He's a one-time base player. He was even a Dancing with the Stars contestant, Sir Kirtley Ambrose. It's an honour to have you in the studios here on Talk 100.3.
1: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. It's
0: great great to see you here. Now your your time in Dubai. What is it? You've seen Chris Gale on too many boat parties
1: so you thought you <laughs> had to come and get some fun? Well, not exactly. I'm not a party freak like him and others. You know, I'm more of a quiet kind of guy.
2: No, oh, this is this is interesting. Uh you know, we we've, we've heard so many things about the Caribbean islands and the players coming in from there. <clears throat> you you were you were, you know, as you say, that you're a nice quiet person, but your bowling did all the talking.
1: Yes, most likely. Um I think that's the way to go, you know. There's no point talking to the batsmen. I just figured that five and a half ounces is enough <laughs> to get the job done, and I got lucky a few times.
0: Was was that calculated when you were playing? Because you terrorised so many batsmen, and they were, they always used to say, curtley Ambrose never said anything to me other than that was out." <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no. Um, as long as I'm competing, you know, I'm naturally aggressive. Once I'm competing, there are two sides to Kirtley Ambrose that aggressive side when I'm competing, and a very relaxed, jovial side, which people don't see too much, you know, because they tend to judge me from what I've done on the cricket field. But I have two sides. i got a very quiet side, very relaxed and everything else.
0: You got into cricket quite late for a cricket for, for a cricket player. Uh, was it your mum's influence that, that made you move from basketball to cricket?
1: Yes, it was her influence, along with my fellow villagers, because I'm from a small village in Antigua called Sweets, and, you know... Just like every other youngster, we grew up playing every sport possible. And cricket was never my first love. Talking about basketball or football or soccer, some people call it. You know, cricket was just there because everyone plays and I fooled around. And then my mom, who's a cricket fanatic, wanted a cricketer in the family. There's seven of us, four girls, three boys. I was the second in terms of boys. And my older brother, who migrated to the U.S. to join my father, so I was naturally next in line. And she kept pestering me about playing cricket. And I thought, OK, I'll give it a try, and hopefully it wouldn't work. <laughs> 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 but fortunately for me, you know, I started playing club cricket for Sweets in Antigua in 1984. And a year later, in 85, I was selected for Antigua National Team. And a year later, in 86, I was on the Leeward Islands team. And then two years later, in 1988, I was in the West Indies team. So from not wanting to play cricket at all, within four years, I became an international cricketer.
0: What point in that journey lit the spark where you're like, I can actually make it. I can play for the West Indies, the great West Indies sides. I never thought about it.
1: You know, I had instant success when I started, but I just played because, you know, pressure from my mom and villagers. So I never really thought about playing for the West Indies. As a matter of fact, I never thought I would have a long career in cricket. Because even though... I played for the West Indies. I was still thinking basketball, right? I was 24 <laughs> then when I made my debut. And I was still thinking, get to the U.S. and play basketball. Mm-hmm. It took me two years of international cricket to really start to take it seriously. Because in Antigua, I still play football. I still play basketball. And you have to, your name have to be registered in order to play. And the guys from the village decided, you know what? your International cricketer, stop with this football and basketball thing and focus <laughs> on cricket. Yeah,
0: because I mean, Viv Richards <clears throat> played cricket, played soccer quite high level as yes, well, didn't he?
1: So did Richie Richardson. Ah. They both represented Antigua national team, so they were footballers as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so it took me two years of international cricket to realize, you know, you know what, all these people can't be wrong. True. As a matter of fact, I tell us something else. When I was selected for in his team to play my first ODI against Pakistan in Jamaica, the night before we travelled to Jamaica, I was playing basketball, and everyone was <laughs> like, "Everyone was like, Are you crazy? You're travelling tomorrow.'" <laughs> I was like, "So, you know." So I realised everyone can't be wrong. So I just stopped playing football and basketball, and I just focused on cricket.
2: Yeah, you, know, you talk about focusing on cricket. You know, your your bowling action, <clears> that whip of the wrist at the moment that you release gets that extra uh, piece of uh, cherry to move on. Uh, I've heard these stories and tell us how correct is this that your bowling action as an eight, nine-year-old was m- perfect as compared to most of the kids that learn cricket. Yeah,
1: it was very natural for me. I play a lot of tennis ball cricket, mm-hmm. you know, in the parks and stuff. Just, And I, when I was like seven, eight, nine years old, I could bowl properly. Right. Where other guys who are much older couldn't.
2: I'm sure. I mean, so, it's, it's a difficult t- task, isn't yeah, it? So
1: it? was for me, it was natural. Mm-hmm. And once I started to play proper cricket, you know, I just worked at it but it was natural from a very early age so i didn't have to work as hard as some people
2: right now you know many a times uh, kids who these days who go to coaching academies and coaches work on them for hours and hours at end is there a calling that one says that listen you are either called or or probably born to become a batter or a bowler uh, or a wicket keeper for that matter like in your case i i wouldn't say that you know Mm -hmm. some of us were fortunate enough to be
1: more of a natural and we work on our game to get better but you can, you can teach you can coach a kid from an early age right. to be a batsman or a bowler but because um, natural talent can only take you so far right,
2: yeah. you
1: have to put in the work as well so all the great players you've seen playing presently and from the past as natural and as gifted as they are they had to put in the work as well. True. So it, it can be done. You can be coached. What, if, what? if you're willing to be coached.
0: Well, why is it when you are coaching, because you're as a right-handed <clears throat> bowler, you're a left-handed batsman?
1: Well...
2: Uh, I, guess, I, I, I guess I'm ambidextrous. You know?
0: Too many talents. Too many talents. You know, as, as an Australian, I'm very fortunate that I was a child of 1990s cricket in Australia when you were sometimes more popular than the Australian side, the way you used to come. And uh, there was a famous uh, One Day International back in 1992. I remember being at this game, uh, it was the, the first final. At the SCG, Australia versus the West Indies, and uh, uh, this is what happened as it was uh, on the commentary. I think what uh, he might have asked for is the sweatband off Kirtley's uh, right hand. Umpire Prue has um, a difficult task here. He has to convince Kirtley Ambrose, who's six foot eight, that he's to take off the sweatband on his right wrist before he bowls to Dean Jones. <laughs> that could generate an extra yard or two from Kirtley, I would think. Very, very swift delivery.
2: Goes in the air, he's got five, Simms a Patch it. Yes, a great performance by the big man.
0: An, an incredible match, and, and, and it's something that you've probably been asked about and you will always be asked about in your career, where Dean Jones asked you to take off your, your white wristbands. What are your memories when you hear that?
1: Well, I've been hearing this so much, it seems like yesterday. <laughs> you know, sometimes when I, I'm asked about it, I, I like to ask a question after 12 and a half years of international cricket is that the only thing you can remember I've done? (laughs) you know but it was a strange request from Dean Jones I couldn't understand why because everyone knows I've always worn wristbands when I'm playing and from what I understood after is that he he was trying to throw me off my game but he doesn't know me that well once you rattle me it's not a good thing to do.
0: Because even later on in that innings, there was a, a ball you bowled to Ian Healy. Was it your first ever slower ball? It swung about four ways. It
1: probably was, because a slower delivery isn't something that I've practiced. It's not a part of my arsenal, really. Yeah. But it just came to me that, you know, maybe if I tried a slower one, you know, I could really bamboozle Ian Healy, you know, who was batting at the time. And I tried it. And it worked perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and if you've seen the replay, you can see how animated I was. Yeah. <laughs> I, I never expected it to work that well. Because that's something that I've done before. And that was a special moment. I really, really enjoyed it.
2: No, incredible. I mean, we we watch it and <clears throat> we watch it on loop whenever we watch that delivery. Now, modern day cricketers, you know, they've become more of friends on field as well right that that fast bowlers aggression is kind of gone a little missing because maybe call it the franchise league's curse that you know uh, the, the best of the bowlers of australia and the west indies are chilling with the best of the batters in india uh, because they're playing for the fran- uh, same franchise uh, does it take the venom out of fast bowling if that aggression is missing it certainly does and i believe another thing
1: as well the rules have changed so much i believe cricket has gotten a bit softer mm-hmm. because cuz i've always believed that there's no better sight than a great fast bowler versus a great batsman. I agree. You know, so too many rules have been brought into cricket and it's predominantly a batsman's game and it takes away the fun. And I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of this at all because, for instance, as a fast bowler and you bowl a short a bouncer yeah. and the batsman smacked you out of the park, you want to be able to retaliate straight away. True. You want to prove to me if you can do it again. Nowadays, a ball one. Next thing here, one for the over. One for the over. <laughs> so you got to think: should I bowl a second one or should I wait? So right away, the contest is over. That's right. To me, to me, it, it doesn't make sense. It takes away that that ex- enjoyment, excitement. Mm-hmm. Spectators like to see enjoyment, bat versus ball. True. And today, sadly, it's ninety percent favors yeah. in the investment. Well, what changes
0: would you make <clears throat> to the game in favor of the bowler?
1: Well, I think that a bowler should be allowed to bowl a, a few short deliveries especially a batsman can handle it first of all because if you keep pulling me out of the park i mean you know it's a it's a, it's a contest yep. convince me you can do it consistently or if your batsman who doesn't handle a short ball well it's up to me as a bowler to get you out it's part of my arsenal mm-hmm. my weapon to get you out cuz you're uncomfortable but when i bowl one ball on yeah, one for the over right when the contest is over yeah i mean it's it's too many rules and regulations most of the things in cricket now is against the bowlers. For instance, those wides. Man. You drift half an inch down the leg side, the caller wide. Oh, come on. <laughs> what do you want a bowler to do? Bowl in the middle of the bat? Well,
0: I agree because as a fan, <laughs> you know? people want to watch sixes, but they also want to watch fast bowling. Of
1: course. You know, and you overstep the mark, you bought a no ball, you right. get a free hit. Oh, come on. What are the bowlers supposed to do? I I reckon soon from now, Mm -hmm. you might just put a bowling machine and you you set it there and let the bowling machine do. I mean, it's too many rules against the bowlers. So there's not a real, real contest. When you go back in the 70s and 80s, I mean, real fast bowling versus real batsmen, that was a sight. Sadly, all
2: that is missing. You, You speak about contests. Which contest did you like in your personal time when you were bowling that batter who could actually go and smack you on your short balls? Well, not not too many, but still.
1: Well, I've had the privilege of playing against some great batsmen in my time. Um, I my job was simply to dispose of batsmen, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I, I'm ne- I'm never that friendly when I'm when I'm competing. Nice. At the end of the day, it's play. Or after the game, we can have a talk. I won't say have a drink because I don't drink. So um, after the game, yes, you know, we'll have a talk and we can have a laugh. But once that bell rings and I step onto that park. It's not a friendly business.
2: Nice. No, but then, uh, I'm, I'm sure that you know there were some bat, uh, batsmen that you, as a bowler, don't want to see the face off. You either want to rattle them off, send them uh, back to the hut, or you know that they'll probably take you for runs.
1: Well, the thing the thing about it is that you have days when you struggle mm. to get these great players out. Makes you wonder, your sleepless nights, how, yeah. how are you going to get them out? And then the other days when those same players, they get them out quite cheaply. So you have to give and take. There are quite a few guys that I have a lot of respect for. Uh, I, I never really told them that when I'm playing against them, of course not. Obviously. Yeah, but um, for instance, someone like a ten Dolker. I think one of the greatest I've seen mm-hmm. as a batsman. I have never I wasn't lucky enough to get him out in test cricket, which is sad. But um he was one of the guys I have a lot of respect for. Ricky Pontin. Right. I think was a fantastic cricketer as well. I Have a lot of respect for him. He will take you on. He got all the shots. Yeah. And if you're not on your game, he could make you look very ordinary. True you know um, Steve is another one mm-hmm. when it comes to sheer heart and guts not the most attractive player not the most talented right. but he gets the job done his own way and one of those guys that will never surrender. Mm -hmm. You'll have to literally knock him out.
0: Well, you did. That was the famous encounter between the two of you in 1995. And a lot of people couldn't believe that you were talking on the field. And I don't know what was more surprising, that you were fired up or you could actually understand what Steve Moore said, you know, (laughs) because he (laughs) always talks out of the side of his mouth. Yeah, that's
1: probably the only time I've ever said anything, you know, towards a bassman, because that's not part of my game. Like I said before, the five and a half ounces will do the talking for me. You rattle me, then it's the ball versus the bat um, Steve Waugh I remember that it was a tricky pitch to bat on in Trinidad you know and he was really struggling kept missing a lot and he scored sixty at first innings which was he still says it's almost his best innings even though 68 a, it was a tremendous innings on the surface like that mm. on a normal day it could have easily been 100 yeah. so he batted well and he probably got a little frustrated and then he cursed at me um, I must admit that I didn't hear him one of my teammates told me I was, I was walking back he he said the F word you know like F off or whatever yeah. I didn't hear him and I let it slide because sometimes in the heat of battle you say things so i just say you know it's okay it's alright and then we went in for the break and after I came back out I bowled him a couple of deliveries and he kept missing and then something snapped in me so I asked him did you swear with me and he didn't say yes he didn't say no he just simply said I can say whatever whatever I want to say And that to me was like a yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when I snapped and let him know in uncertain terms that I will knock you out right here and now. I have no career left in cricket. If they ban me, I don't really care. But one thing I know, you won't play again either. But I didn't say that calmly. And Richie
0: Richardson, that's the famous scene of him physically dragging you away from that encounter. Yes,
1: I was highly annoyed with him. Because we've had our battles over the years. He scored a lot of runs against me. I've gotten him out as well. And there was never any words exchanged. And for him to said that, I thought it we was a little bit disrespectful. Mm. And I didn't like it. But the good thing about it, we never lost respect for each other. It started right there on the pitch and ended right there. We never spoke about it, ever. We met a few times after. As a matter of fact, when I did my autobiography, I asked him to do the forward for me, which he quietly accepted, and he did. So there's no animosity between us. It just started there in a day within a minute or whatever.
2: So that was it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag, say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands.